3: this is an in-house session
2: with Jeff You're live so new the Out of Home podcast. You're listening to
3: the Out of Home podcast. Are you locked into the
4: Out of Home podcast? You're listening to the Out of Home podcast featuring Kieran, Kwame, Yaf and Stephen.
2: You London boys are crazy.
1: And we're live.
3: <laughs> Finally.
1: Finally, bro.
3: <laughs> we have
1: got here. Oh, my god blood <laughs> if if you are an avid listener, it's Thursday no. for you It's a long <laughs> Monday night for us.
3: Nah, these men said they were gonna <laughs> record at eight thirty Hey, hey <laughs> the time now is eight thirty in the u k <laughs> enemies.
1: A, a, and that's what we meant, but because you, you have to understand, like I went to Japan years ago, so the whole like jet lag is still kind jet of. Jet lag my... is
3: still here, bro. Yeah, yeah. Kind of I'm thing so thing. sorry. I'm so sorry. Guys, we have a very special. Very special guest. Uh, I wasn't um, gonna um, say um, guest, I was gonna say show. <laughs> and oh <laughs> we do Go ahead. Do I was gonna say show. Yes, very special show. I was gonna say show, man. Um, Kwame, who are we
1: listening to? Listen to the Out of Home podcast with your guys, Kieran. Kwame, Stephen and Yaf We are four Londoners Who met in Amsterdam Some of us live in Amsterdam Some of us live in London And we share ast- Aspiring stories Of ourselves And others And this week We have an aspiring story Of a man whose work You've seen many times And you would really yes. never have known The man behind never the logo known. Of Passport To Progress mm. San Francisco The man behind Recess Yes, the man behind Recess okay, Go for it Shout out to the cartoon as well um, Shout out to the guards I want to say I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put a foot in this a few times, but I'm gonna say San San Francisco's very own and the mastermind of the Out of Home logo and probably the very first Out of Homie Jeff yes.
3: Lamb. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, my guy. A show, a a, a conversation that's should have been a long time coming. It's a long time coming. I feel, but it feels right that it's happening right. Now, man, I should also add that, like, Jeff is a fucking sneaker god when it comes to actual trainers or actual kicks. Like, when I first saw him, when I first met him, I was like, this guy knows about trainers, man. Respectively, Jeff. Yeah, fucking run for my money, man. Jeff,
1: respectively, <laughs> what is your what is your sneaker body count at this moment in time?
2: Um, I think right now I got about... I, I have 60 pairs.
1: Oh, oh I was about to say 600. but But the thing about Jeff... The thing about Jeff, like, I, I know him obviously not as much as Key and the others, but he seems to be a man of fine taste and like also very refined. So if you're saying 60, I imagine these are 60 bad boys
2: that will Hand do selected. bits. That will do bits <laughs> on like, StockX and what have you. Like, bits. I, I think a lot of them have, have kind of accumulated through the years. So there's there's things that I own from like 20, 2006, like... When I was in, when I was in high school, like I bought wow. them, you know, like things like that. That they, they haven't fallen apart, but they're starting to to get there. And that's like, I just you know carry them with me. They move with, your, with me to every house. What's my your, your most um,
3: What's your most grilled sneaker then that you have that you're like? this
2: just this is my shoe. Love this. Yeah, shoe. I mean, I think I have. It's kind of hard. It's like asking who's your, fa- you know, which one is your favorite, children. Your favorite child. <laughs> uh, yeah, favorite child. or favorite um, Says every sneaker. I know. I think, well, right now, I, I, there, there are two pairs. One is the Supreme Dunks. That's just the, that's just like the latest pair in the collection that feels amazing. It feels amazing. And uh, obviously it was like the first, the first dunk high was such a big inspiration to so many and, and such a big hit in the, in In the sneaker world, that this pair coming back was just like felt felt awesome to be able to get it, and also got it manually, no bots, uh, on the supreme website.
4: Share your secret, fam. Share your secret.
2: Yeah. Fast fingers. Fast (laughs) click. Fast fast (laughs) Wi-Fi. Turn everything else off. Make sure like no one's online anywhere near you. Turn your phone off and just like do it on the computer. That's how you do it. Manual boys only. Oh my days. Well,
4: speaking of manual, um, we should probably describe <laughs> the situation over here <laughs> in uh, Amsterdam Oost. So uh, Kieran mentioned the the, the timing. Um, we were kerfuffling. I think that's probably the best word, bro. <laughs> kerfuffling. That's, um, that's a great word. That's a great word. First time in the out of home? Kieran and Jeff. Kieran and Jeff are our witnesses. We were kerfuffling with the sound because we was like, why is the sound not working? And then we realised our mixer which contains three microphones, had somehow phantomly broken, to which point we came up with the solution to use the mixer that allows us to use one microphone, meaning, three, as Kwame said, three grown men <laughs> <laughs> on a Monday evening are sharing one microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the, and however you may identify, these are the sacrifices that we take and that we do here on the Out of Harm show. Um... We're looking forward to having this dope conversation with Jeff, as Kieran said. Yeah, it's been yeah, a long no time doubt. But before that, I would like to ask each and every one of you, uh, and I'll start with you, Kieran, over in London. What made you smile yeah. this week, my friend? Yeah, man. Uh,
3: what made me smile this week? Well, the beginning of the week wasn't very fun. I'll tell you that for sure. But towards the end of the week, um, it got better. I've taken a a week break off of Instagram, which has given me a lot more space um, just to, like, free up some time for myself, you know. Um, Read a couple of books. Well, not books. I started to read the book that Yaf... Well, two books that Yaf mentioned last week uh, on the podcast, which was Make Time and Contagious. Uh, And then this weekend, my friend Mike, and my friend, Vince, got married separately. I always thinking Mike um, got married to his wife, Akoya. It was the first of two African ceremonies that I went to this weekend. Uh, Akoya's from Ghana. Mike's from Jamaica and Guyana. It was a lovely thing to see and witness. Very small friends and family around. Obviously, it was an all-white party. I was dressed in... All white when the f- attire. Well, no, no, tire.
5: Is this thing odd? Yes, this is maybe my sole <laughs> contribution. <laughs> what a contribution. Um, for our loyal listeners, you may remember there was a bit of debate <laughs> about the all white ensemble and in, the, in their trip. Oh, and certain bands swore they would rather be caught dead <laughs> than wear an all white ensemble. But here we are. Fast forward. <laughs> August 2021. Basically,
3: basically, and we have it. There was no Man way I like found it. It was <laughs> <laughs> like Ken White. It was a like Ken White. Shout out to Daily Paper, who uh, I got my top from. It was amazing. Um, it's from one of their collections. It's an amazing top. And then I flew out from South to Enfield to see Vince at a black back end of his ceremony who got married to his wife from Sierra Leone, who's called Sophie. That was awesome to see everyone. And then I had to fly all the way back down to South again, to Peckham, to see my boy Baz, who turned 30. I was also on a radio today with um, my friend Sophie on Foundation FM Radio to talk about my album and my creative process. the name of the album,
0: Big Man?
1: Free
3: Loki, And also, Jeff was involved in the... um, in making oh. the artwork yeah, for his show, actually. Our show. We did a show together. But yeah, that's what's been making me smile. Um, I'm going to kick it back to Amsterdam. I'm going to ask Jeff what made you smile this week. Such a good segment, guys. <laughs> uh, Shout out to Steven.
1: Trust me, the brainchild.
2: Yeah, I mean, so... I mean, so many things. I think one of the things is, uh, well, Karen asking me to 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 come on come on this and 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 chat with y'all. That made me Jeez. smile. Jeez. I'm like, oh man, what a what My an guy. amazing opportunity, especially kind of with the time running out in Amsterdam. Uh, yeah. And also, yeah. I think this yeah. this weekend got to get to get get together with some friends. Uh, it's kind of like the. Kind of doing the farewell tour, but you know, obviously now it's like you can't really have any big party. So it was, it's it's kind of, actually kind of nice, you know. I think it's it's kind of nice. We're mm-hmm. just meeting up with like one couple here or like one or two friends. You can kind of do it small, and it's it's much better than I think. My wife and I were just talking. It's like if we had this big barbecue in the in in, in the backyard, like you know, you might just be like jump in between conversations, not really getting to sit down with people. Uh, and 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 chat and talk about you know our different friendships that have blossomed through the years and, and how that's grown and so it just made me really kind of um well feeling really blessed that I got to meet you know the people that I have in in Amsterdam and kind of been able to to see myself grow with them and and see where they are in their in their life and so yeah that 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 made me smile just like reminiscing about the good times in Amsterdam and it was also sunny so that it was very sunny. That made for yeah, it was like the weather app was lying, which was good. Which <laughs> is good. My favorite <laughs> my favorite time. Well, it all sometimes lies the other way, which is like it's yeah, fine, and it's just awesome hailing sunny.
1: outside. So Oh Steven, oh, you're looking at me like you really want to smile right about now. I was just looking for what you smile. Oh bro. What made me smile was the fact that it was a, actually a tough week. And um you know what? that them where it's like a lot of things aren't going your way like work is busy like I was dealing with a lot with that uh, Jeff you don't know me and my partner just bought a new house and um, I never knew that when you buy a new house you think when you get the keys and the mortgage everything signed off happy days no 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 my friend <laughs> the nightmare's only <laughs> just begun <laughs> and um, dealing with a lot of stuff like that and then I was like raw, oh, you know what this is tough and also so, so sometimes the work, you get chill weeks sometimes it's like deadline, 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 pause for two seconds, back with another deadline. <laughs> and after that, but I, I, in the middle of the week, I was like, you know what? My ass is getting kicked, but it's only temporary in the film. Like, I'm going to bounce back. I'm still smiling. I'm still myself. Um, there are different parts of the week. I spoke to all of them and them, Steven and yeah, Yaf, and had a very good call with um, Key as well, early in the week. And I was like, bruv, this is only temporary, isn't it, fam. You understand? Like I'm old, fam. I'm 32, so I've had up and down weeks, and this is just another just interesting week, innit. But I'm gonna bounce back up again. So me um, coming back also helped. But yeah, I guess the fact me- me- making the- what made me smile is that it was a tough week because then it makes you appreciate when you truly have a great week, innit. And today, the- Monday has already been better. We had a little bit of audio nightmare, but um, I'm back on the pod, back on the waves. Yeah, but it was a, it was a tough one. But at the same time, I was like, oh, "Bro, don't worry, it's a minor." And I'm gonna slide it over with one microphone to one of my. F- 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 one, I'm gonna give it to you because I'm not sure.
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> life is Gucci, man. Life is Gucci, bro. I went to an Ayat's game for the first time, Jeez. with my girlfriend, bro, which was incredible. That definitely made me smile. I got the tickets. I asked for the tickets maybe the beginning of the week on Monday. And because it was the season opener, it was it was touch and go whether I'd be able to get hold of some tickets in it. So <laughs> it was never touch, it was just go when it
3: comes to Yaf. Yo. So Jeff, we got this um we got this thing called Yaf moments where whenever Yaf's in a pickle, life will handle his life for him forever. He manages to get things right. He's very he's very blessed. Very blessed. Highly favoured. It wasn't touch and go. Yeah, just straight go.
4: <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was definitely touch and go. But on Thursday, <laughs> on Thursday, I got, the, uh, I got the all all clear. I got the green light. So we had to quickly scramble because if you want to attend like a mass event in Amsterdam, you have to do a COVID test uh, on the day of the event. Oh, wow. So we had to organise that. Yeah. And we did that. Bruv, the COVID test centre is right next to your old crib, bro. Yeah, you told me, yeah, you told me. You it's told It's so Underneath out of place. Mad, man. It's so out of place. It's just like grey branding. And you know when someone <laughs> just sticks a banner on the front of the store? It's not even printed. It's just like some <laughs> shit banner that they've stuck. So dead, bruv. And the inside just looks weird and creepy and it's just like everything's been gutted and there's just placements for people to do COVID tests. I'm like, fair play to these people who have set up these little testing zones here. But my God, have they butchered the street, bro? <laughs> Honestly, the interior looks terrible. <laughs> Fam. So anyway, long story short, gone to the Ajax game now. Amazing, amazing atmosphere. Like, incredible. And my girlfriend, she actually grew up literally five minutes from the stadium but has never been to a game before. So it was just a really nice thing to be able to take her to the game. Ajax were winning 5-0 after like 25 minutes, so they put on one hell of a show. Um, domination, bro. And also because... As it would when the gaffer comes to yeah. comes into town, it? when the majority shareholder comes in. <laughs> this guy's such a waste, man. This guy's such a waste, man. But it was nice because because it was the first game of the season. Um, they put scarves on every seat. So like, oh, nice, we nice. actually have... Yeah, so we now have also like a physical memento to commemorate the moment, which is super nice. And um, one fun fact that I never knew is that a Bob Marley song is like... A, is is a traditional Ajax song, bruv. What's the name of the song again? Yeah. Everything's gonna be well. yeah. Everything's gonna be well. Every little thing Three little birds. is gonna be a. Well. Yeah, bruv, they sing it at half-time. Like, yeah. every... Bruv, my man from Dive and Drek singing out his heart, bruv. <laughs> singing his heart out. Singing those Bob Marley soliloquies, bruv. It's mad. I swear down, bruv. It's man from Nijmegen and uh, Shouting out Bob Marley, bruv. It's wild. I never knew. I never knew it was... What's uh, the history? Like, oh
2: Yeah, where's the connection? Yeah, bruv... Why did, why did they need to start singing that song? bro? I like, need to know. But bad. then...
4: <laughs> it makes sense, here Because they had a... Um, they had a jersey last year, which was like inspired. Like it's got the the Rastafarian colours, but it's sick. And, and it also has, and it also has that like three little birds
1: uh, on the on, on somewhere on the kit, like, like like the name of the song. So
4: wow, it's amazing, fam. It's amazing. So anyway, that's what made me smile. I had a dope weekend, a dope week. Lots happened in my life, but all will be revealed soon Very on an sweet. upcoming episode of Out of Home. Jeez, but it's all lit. That's all I can it's say. It's all lit. It's all lit. Um, everything. I ups, will right? hand over. To my brother, Trapstar Taiwo, like <laughs> last a Abamba. Yeah, now it's been a hell of a week, isn't it? <laughs> uh,
5: <laughs> um, what can I say? But, <laughs> <he's> exi- <laughs>
1: what can I say? But. <laughs> not and, or well, he said
5: but. Um... It's been one of those weeks, one of those weeks. But something that did make me smile was returning to Premier League and uh, my team, Manchester United, shelling it down on opening day. Uh, Pog booming, four assists and uh, Bruno Fernandes, hat-trick. And that made me smile. That football was back, fans in the stadium and uh, United on top as they should be and uh, Arsenal in the mud along with City. So that's what made me smile this week no you don't need to add or subtract we just go to the next thing <laughs> wow wow man like, man
1: like director man like director um, deji um jeff um do you have a, a, a sports that like, a sport that's near and dear to your heart
5: when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online
2: So there's are my... which my... Who's your basketball team? Got to stick with the Warriors. Boo. Yeah, I, I feel you and nice, I. <laughs> I will now remain silent.
1: As a LeBron James super fan, you and Draymond. Do you know what Draymond Green? If was, if life was a comic book, he'll be an evil villain, bro. <laughs> Why? You know how much that man fouls
2: in 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 the, in the finals.
1: He kicks. He does all sorts, bro.
2: He's, he's just got you know, he's his legs a little active, a little too active, but you know.
4: <laughs> Draymond Green, yeah. Draymond Green is that guy that comes across as comes across as the tough guy, but he's a nice fucking guy. No, oh, he's not
1: and he's a basketball savant, bro. He knows what he's doing on that field. It's just he just likes to be a little bit dirty and greasy. Anyways,
2: it's cause I mean, cause the thing he's got he got a chip on his shoulder. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't in the lottery, you know, he wasn't top ten. Yeah. He's He's coming, he's coming from the second round. He just exactly. came in, he just worked hard. Exactly. Um, but that
1: um actually is funny because you mentioned Oakland and I just wanted to for, we know you, but in a sentence or two, this is a. if we haven't done the in-house session in a long while, Jeff Lamb, if you'd like to explain who you are, where you're from, and we will get into your journey and how you met Kieran in Amsterdam and, and, and how we're here and the next step in your life. So in a sentence or two, and then we'll get down to questions. Who is Jeff Lamb and where are you from?
2: <laughs> um, well, so I'm Jeff. I've been here in Amsterdam for almost seven years, which is crazy. Wow. Crazy. I I mean, I lied to my mom seven years ago and told her I was going to be here for one and uh and so it's 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 time to stop lying gotta go home so i'm actually moving back to to california not to i'm originally from the bay area san francisco uh the bay and it actually can i i didn't know how confusing that was to a lot of people that aren't from the bay (laughs) That, that when i say i'm like from the bay they're like which bay I'm like, well, there's, there's only one bay. Uh So, um, so yeah, uh, that's where I'm from. And I moved to Amsterdam to, to work for an agency called Widen & Kennedy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's where I See. was fortunate enough to, to meet Karen and uh, got connected with the whole crew. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was amazing to, and, and, and a big honor for you guys to, to when you guys started this whole journey. Um, with a with pod that you guys asked me to, to kind of come up with a visual identity. And I think you guys came up with some really dope ideas and, and it just clicked and it worked. Uh, and, and here we are. So, but yeah, like, I mean, after almost seven years, I'm leaving, going back, going back to Cali, um, but to I'm LA. Back, to, back Cali. to Cali. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> going back to Cali, back, back to (laughs) Cali, Cali, you know, to LA, which, which really pains me. Uh, especially that LeBron is there it like hurts hurts more yeah we are we are we're doing
1: this Jeff, Jeff um, you have to understand that like a lot of your fans are fans a lot of your fans friends and loved ones will, will, will listen to this so just make sure in, in the next two months you don't come back on IG wearing nothing but head to toe like LeBron James Lakers and Space Jam gear in it because make sure make sure you live, make sure like you, you don't You don't forget your roots.
2: Well, that's 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 the that's the tough part. I mean, I think I think there's enough people from the Bay down in LA where like that's that's it'll be okay to go to a game. But my wife and I were like, can we can we go to the can we go to the Staples Center? Like, is that okay? Are we just gonna like walk in and like burst in the flames? It just it feels like it's like a it's like a religious moment. But so yeah, so that's what I'm doing next month. Actually, going going back to moving to California uh, into LA.
4: Man man like Jeff, you, um, you said, you said you've been in Amsterdam for seven years, yeah? Did you, did you live anywhere else prior to moving to Amsterdam? Like, had you moved, shout out to Out of Home, Out of Home before?
2: Um, I guess technically. So, I, I was actually born in Hong Kong, uh, and I moved to the States when I was 10. So, I kind of spent, like, yeah, like, you know, ten years in Hong Kong, and then yeah, I guess I was like twenty something when I when I left. So yeah, like technically, but I don't I don't know. A lot of times, no, like I when I didn't go away for for uni or anything like that, I stayed in the Bay. So mm-hmm.
4: so well, I'm just try, try, trying to prove years. my
2: loyalty is is what I'm trying to do right here.
4: Yeah, like, I, w- I was gonna say because like obviously, um, Hong Kong is wavy. By the way, I went there a couple years ago. It's just an amazing place. Like
2: and not as wavy now. I would, I would very true,
4: very true. But there's this place that I remember. I can't remember. It's, it's something like. It's basically the place where you can go and you can see the whole skyline of Hong Kong. I can't remember the name of it. Something Peak.
2: Oh well, it's called. It. Well, it's called the Peak. It's just yes. like there's there's one. Yes, <laughs> we yes. got one. <laughs> so, Crazy. Not a big you place. Can see the
4: whole skyline. But um, yeah. How, so anyway, long story short, I'm trying to ask the question: Like, how did you find it? Transitioning from um, Cali to come into Amsterdam like what was that transition how did you find it some of the cultural differences
2: and it was it was it was pretty I mean it was pretty different just because the fact that how how I got here was I was out here in September on like on holiday and like I was meeting with like a friend of a friend uh and first it was this um he was like hey do you like uh do you like dumplings and I was like yes, this, this is, this is like, he's, he's, he was, a uh, he's like a, he's a like Spanish dude. And he was like, do you like dumplings? I was like, I don't know how to answer this question. Cause I also don't know you. And so, but yes. And then he's like, great. Uh, let's go get Chinese tapas. And I was like, what is that being like being Chinese? I was like, those, those two words were, has never entered my vocabulary. Um, and so he takes me to like a, a dim sum place. That's, it's just, that's, I mean, I guess like, oh, that makes sense. Um, so it was <laughs> Oriental City. Uh, it's, it's a good, good spot in town if you, if you need to get, get your dim sum fix. Um, and it was just like a nice day in Amsterdam when I was here. Uh, and he was like, hey, have you thought about working here? And he, he saw my portfolio and he's like, he's like if, you're, if you're up for it, I'll, I'll send your stuff to the recruiter um, at, at Wyden. Uh, where he was working at the time, and so like I came in for an interview and all that stuff. So we're like sitting on the canals. It was super nice, uh, and and then I left, and then kind of did the rest of the interview process remote for like three months, um, and I was able to to finally move. But on January fifth, it was the dead of winter. Oh, My God! Like, coming from California, I've never I've never lived in snow. Which is not a part of my life. I like snow is like you that snow is a destination. <laughs> like you you, you go up to the mountains to see the stuff. <laughs> they
5: go like Iggy Dollar. <laughs> Iggy Dollar family. Andre Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, Stephen.
2: <laughs> Iggy Iggy's coming back to retire in the Bay.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Could could come uh, come back to retire. I want I want Bron when when he's fourth chip. Oh sorry Jeff. I- <laughs>
2: I don't know, the the bubble chip. The bubble chip. Uh, oh, you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
2: but yeah, so I mean it that that was that was the biggest difference. It was like I got here, it was like there's three hours of sunlight and it just snowed all the time. Um but I mean there's there's definitely and also dude, you know what the biggest thing seven years ago was was the food was was nowhere near like I mean Amsterdam is not known for food even now no but like seven years ago it was grim uh it was really? real bad yeah there was so many like
5: what was the what was a bit of ballin like seven years ago like has has, has that evolved as a color experience
2: yeah it was, it was, i mean i think that's all there was it was just of everywhere um but i mean maybe there was like a little less crispy back then even it was after bitter ball again yeah yeah <laughs> But yeah, I mean it was it was wild. So I mean it take, it took a little getting used to, but it's almost like um, there was a lot more charm to the city, I think, especially coming from California where it's just like uh, in San Francisco, tall building, big city, just like this is this is a, a village compared to that you know and you know you guys come from London kind of maybe that's has the same thing. It just feels like um, so so much more intimate. Yeah. Uh, here yeah. And, yeah. And the, yeah, and the culture is so different. Uh, I think one of, the, one, of the, one of the things is also just like it's really hard to get things done <laughs> like here in terms of like getting a handyman to come like fix something. Oh, it's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. so I'm sure you know the the new house is uh, that that's that's a journey.
1: People ask me how the house is. I just say the house is housing. Like it's, it's doing its own thing in it. It's doing its own thing and whatever happens,
2: I'm, I'm gonna experience it the way whenever it's ready. Yeah, I mean it's, it's crazy. I I mean it I had to I had a friend who moved to recently. I had to had to like give him a pet talk into talking the bank and giving him like a bank account, which is a crazy thing. Wow. Yeah, they're like, well, you don't have like this number like, and I was like, dude, just tell him basically like you will you will walk away from <laughs> you'll like just be like, I don't want to, I don't want a bank account anymore. If you don't yeah. do this for me right now. <laughs> it's all all <laughs> ultimatums, that's where it's at.
3: So Jay, you you uh came here seven years ago, yeah. Well came yeah. to Amsterdam seven years ago. You're only meant to stay for a year. What was it like made you stay? What was it that made you like um made you say, oh, this
2: is right for me and made yeah. you stay here and yeah, um, you stay, obviously stayed there for a little bit longer. What was it? I think even even the first year I had a conversation. At, at the bar like with with one of the one of one of the co-workers and was like hey like i was asking her, i was like oh like how long have you been here she's like oh i said one and now it's 10 and she's like it's a, it's a very normal thing and i was like what <laughs> like, uh, and then it was just it's one of those things i think i i had a bit of unfinished business i just always felt like there was like something more i wanted to to do here in yeah, amsterdam yeah, yeah, especially yeah. at work at widen and stuff um like I think the, the biggest dream was like to to come here and work work on the Nike account at Wyden Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. That was kinda yeah, kind, yeah, of, yeah, kind yeah. of the dream when you when you when you do um especially as a kid, like growing up definitely, man. As definitely, as, as man. a basketball fan and, and seeing all the amazing campaigns that Wyden did. Um that was one of the big things. And also it's like Amsterdam is such an easy city to live in. It's
3: very mm-hmm. chill, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. yeah, man. So you just touched on some of obviously getting to work for Nike, that must have been a Big dream fulfilled for you, but um, what's been some of the campaigns that you've worked on where you've just been like, yeah, I'm proud of that shit. What's been some of your favorite campaigns? Because I feel like it's important for people to talk about some of the things that they do, because you're one of the minds that's done some great stuff within well for Nike and come and concepts. But before before
4: that, though, before that, before that, like, can you give us an overview of as to what it is you do as well? Because there's probably a lot of people who are wondering. Who is this legend? <laughs> I mean, we've, we've teased it a little bit because we said that you've worked on our visual identity. So, like, what, what is it yeah, you do real, professionally? For real, for and how
2: it- uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm an art director uh, in, in advertising. and
4: Talk that Come talk, bro. <laughs> <Come on. laughs>
2: and, that, and that's kind of a... It's always like a weird title um, because it's kind of... I think it encompasses a lot of different things, uh, especially at a place like Wyden and Kennedy. So I'm just more, more or less, uh, in charge of the visual side of uh, of campaigns uh, for the many different clients of the agency I've worked on. Um, Nike, like I said, uh, also did a bit of work for Corona and uh, a little bit of work for Milka. That's Corona the beer, right? <laughs> Corona the beer, not okay. not the virus. Okay. I don't think they they. I mean, they had they they didn't need <laughs> they didn't need a campaign. <laughs> for it. it was very big it, got, it went everywhere um, so yeah so that's so that's that's what I do um, and I mean I, I also come from a, quite a digital background I used to work at an agency called AKQA uh, which was yes, at the yes, time yes. like the biggest I think it, it's not independent anymore but it was the biggest digital independent agency globally um, mm-hmm. so that was fun and worked on a bit of um jordan there and nice 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 target so did a lot of retail stuff which was really fun during christmas um (laughs) so yeah so that's that's what i do wicked
4: Uh, man no 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 it's always good to get the context and then uh yeah to kieran's to kieran's question will be dope to hear and understand like some of the the stuff that you've worked on man yeah yeah um i
2: think i think the the things I'm most proud of is the things I got to do, uh, especially for Nike, I think because just a, such a big personal connection to the brand growing up, having Nike posters on my wall, like, you know, in the bedroom and stuff with um, and not knowing that those came from an agency, you know, yeah, it's like, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like it's, it's wild to, to, and, and that's, a, it's, it's such a weird mm-hmm. thing because so many people out in the world, like don't understand that most of these, you know, really famous campaigns that build these brands are made by not the brand themselves yeah. um, and i yeah, think it's yeah. and i always wondered that you know it's like why don't they just just do it themselves um, but i think it it helps especially with like a partner like like widen who always kind of had a bit of like a, a slightly different perspective and it's kind of that that homie that can always tell you the truth um, yeah
3: yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
2: Um, so yeah, a lot of the Nike work. I think I think one of the things that I'm most proud of is uh for Giannis uh oh, and, yes. his, and his MVP campaign. <laughs> uh, <That's> Nike <laughs> and
5: freaks. Yeah, man. That was
3: sick
2: the way that came about. Yeah, man, yeah. Bro. Crazy. I mean, <laughs> so Nike kind of came to us, was like, Well, Giannis looks like he might be he might be the MVP this year. And I was like, yes he is we were like taking bets on the nike team it's like i think someone's talking about james harden winning the mvp again i was like i oh. hey, i mean hey, yeah yeah he's 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 definitely he was he was good but i mean Giannis that year was just blowing everybody out of the water and i think he's Not just dimension yeah i mean he was he was he was really popping off that year um uh-huh. And so we, we had all these different ideas and these like huge campaigns, like refurbishing courts all over Greece and all these things. But it was just the, the timeline for, for, for the work was so short. We needed to do something really quick, but also really big. And so we decided to do this out of home campaign. Uh, mm-hmm. So Come a on. lot of like a lot of, <laughs> plug, a lot plug, of plug. billboards for all those who don't know, like AdSpeak. Um, so like this, they, they're talking about a city takeover, which is like a classic Nike basketball term. Um, just plastering posters and billboards all over the city. Um, But at at the end of the presentation, we had this kind of pipe dream, like pie in the sky idea was like, well, if he's at the top of the game, like we should, we should celebrate at the top of Greece. Um, And what's the most famous mountain on Greece was uh, well, Mount Olympus and, so we thought, why don't we put a hoop on top of Mount Olympus? Oh, sick, and it's always one of those things that's like, it's fun to do and like you make the comp for it and like you put it in the, in the presentation and it scares the shit out of the clients. Uh, and <laughs> Nike's one of those clients who are always just like, like, do that. They're like, forget everything else that you presented. They're like 80 pages of shit that I did like beforehand. They're like, do that one thing. And we're like, and it's it's kind of like when you get, when you get called out on your bluff and you're, bluffing, you're like, can we do that? <laughs> uh, so then, then, then you start, you start going like, oh shit, okay, uh, um, and then you start talking to people and and having to figure out how do you get a hoop on top of said Mount Olympus and finding out that Mount Olympus is actually a, like a UNESCO heritage site and like, okay, how do we do? It? So I mean, the logistics for that thing was crazy. We like chopped up the we we had the the backboard like disassembled. It was like wrapped in this. Uh, we wanted to make it out of marble because we we're insane, and they're like, "No, you can't. You can't do that. You can't bring that up there." Um, so we had it all kind of disassembled and then flew it up piece by piece, like on a helicopter. Then a team went up there, yeah, like assembled it, like tied it basically to the mountain, and and made sure that it didn't fall down long enough for us to be able to to shoot this film. Um, and yeah, and and on the on the back of of the board is, is we, we just had this, you know, and I think at the time it, it really fit Giannis's message. And I think for, for what it's worth, I think it really if fits. Are going to say the
5: tagline? Yeah. it's
2: really good. It's really good. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's, it's, oh man, I feel like I'm going to, I'm gonna like, now I'm just going to just like get this wrong. Um, so I mean, for, for it, it was. Dream crazy. Yeah, it was well. I mean, it was it was for the dream crazy yeah, campaign, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and it was fake can start you at the bottom, dreams can take you to the yeah, top. So that's um, awesome. And that's and that's for, for and I think for Drop Giannis. Mike,
1: still, <laughs> Joel Embiid, and the Under Armour are coming for you. In the
2: coming year, don't worry. I, I don't <laughs> know. Still, I, the the process head. is still processing <laughs> as, as the house is still housing. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um Yeah, but that's that's I think it's 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 one of the things I get to see on my resume that I get I put a, a hoop on top of Mountain like this,
3: So crazy, man. So sick as well. And there's like there's obviously obviously you've worked on some dope things professionally, but you're also a brand owner yourself, bro. Like talk about recess for a little bit. Like what what inspired you? What inspired you to do that? What is recess? Like obviously, I've got a I wear a hoodie. It's down there somewhere. One of the most comfiest hoodies I have.
2: Yeah, um, thanks, thanks, man.
3: Yeah, man. Tell us about recess, bro.
2: Yeah, so so recess was just it's. I'm always like, I think it's important as as any kind of creative person to always have like multiple creative up- outputs. Um, just because I think a lot of times like one will will <laughs> well go bad and, and you need another one kind of to help you offset and get you out of that rut. And, um, and so I'm always a believer in like, even for anyone who works in advertising or in like commercial, in like the arts commercially to never just let your agency fulfill your creative need. Um, so truth, (laughs) like films and side projects and stuff like that. Yeah.
5: Jeff, you want to talk about that? Just like how the energy that you get from other side projects and just managing, that because i think when we started um this i think that was a big uh it's a big show of adrenaline over like multiple times And like, that's one of the things we didn't realize is just how much of a energy driver because you think that okay cool doing something on the side is, is something that's going to take energy but more often than not it provides energy
2: oh yeah i mean totally i think that for me like a lot of it comes from being upset um at whatever you know my my current output is and i and i get i i almost get competitive with myself it's just i go like oh man like this whatever i'm working on right now isn't going well i need something to like well i guess it's, it's a it's a bit of self-soothing it's like i need something to make me feel better so I need, I need i need to like while like you know this isn't going well at work or this design isn't working out i need to work on something else to kind of like bring me back up there and get my energy levels back up so that's that's definitely a part of that
1: I, um, I, um, I I always bring it back to music and you earlier did with your reference of going back to Cali but as as, as creators on this call I think we could allude to working for big company a big agency is almost like having an album deal right and then having been consigned to certain constraints and then sometimes you're like fuck it I'm sure it's a mixtape and you can do whatever you want you understand it? you can do whatever yeah, you want yeah, yeah. and you can be free and you can like rhyme on this beat or take this idea and because it's yours and it's not legally interfering with your output from the other company it's a lot of it's a lot of creative freedom right
2: yeah i mean i think the biggest thing was um i was i was when i was first working at my agency i was like you know low-rung like assistant art director to just like really make make presentations and it wasn't super fun and wasn't super challenging or very creative Um, and I just needed something to kind of tell myself that I was still creative and, and I could, and I could be my own client. There was no one to tell, you no, you know, it kind of lived or died with you, you know, and, and it's just a hundred percent of your raw creative output, um, in that sense. And then you almost, you get to prove to yourself that like you can do it. And because a lot of times with commercial projects, I go out like, like an album deal, I guess, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I don't have one. So it's, 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 it's you know, maybe it's completely recessed recordings. I can see it now. Yeah, Recess there you go. Quote-ins. Yeah, <laughs> um, but with that, a lot of that is you get to you get to do it 100 percent you, and you get to put yourself out there. Um, so I started I started doing projects where it was just like I did some like street art stuff that I was just like posting shit on walls and things like that. And um, and when I came to Amsterdam. Um, I actually, I mean, it was like, I was, I was looking for another project to get into. Uh, and I grew up um, like silk screen t-shirts and always like designing apparel and things like that. And I grew up around like streetwear and and sneakers and stuff. So I think my wife and I was just like, well, if we want to do it as she, as she was talking about, she's like, Oh, why don't we open, she's like, why don't we open up a sneaker store? And I was like, that's pretty tough. And I would want to be like one that's like a, like, I don't know if Nike actually, this is, a, I don't know if Nike still does this, but like a tier zero store where yeah, it was like yeah, really yeah, exclusive yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and I was like, that's, that's pretty hard. But I would love to, to do it if it was like our own brand. And, and those were always the stores that I admired, um, whereas, whereas people who, who were able to build their own brand out of that store. Um, so her and I got work in, started designing some clothes. Uh, found the manufacturing, did all that. And yeah, we started this brand called Recess. And it was a bit of a recess for us uh, being out here in Amsterdam, uh, away from family. We can do our own thing. We can do uh, exactly how we want. And, and in that kind of spirit, as we we're talking about being creatives, I think um, it's just Recess reminded us of a time where there was no constraints. Like you, It wasn't like, we, <laughs> we kind of talked about this in, in a, like, you know, like, like lunchtime, you had to, there was, there was like a, a directive to it. You had to eat so you can go back to class. But recess was just like a hundred percent uninterrupted play. Like you, that's where you like met friends. That's where you, uh, you know, picked up the sports that you liked and it was a hundred percent, um, playtime. So that's for us, the, the brand was born out of that. And we wanted to, okay. to, to do our, um, make our clothes, um, in a, in a playful way, uh, and so we found manufacturing and stuff like that, and did the whole process all on our own,
1: uh, and we launched it into the world. So yeah, no, the dope. Um, I have to fight for the mic because these men are actually fighting me, and I must say this: Jeff I actually found out about Recess before I found before I heard about you. So uh, <laughs> a, a very dear friend of the show, out of Homie and it, a Triple N, that is a naughty Norwegian ninja by the name of Rob Glad. Once upon a time, he was like, well, we're wearing some of your threads. I was like, oh, like, Rob, what brand is that? Is that? Recess. Oh, it's like one of my pals, Jeff at Widen. I was like, all right, cool. Shout, shout out to my man. I'm never going to meet him, innit? Cool, shout out to him. <laughs> and then um Kira was like, yo, out of home logo now. Here we are on the pod. So I just want to say, like, I-, I heard about you and your clothing and his prowess through a good friend of, of ours. And that shows how, like, this stuff is all connected somehow, in Um And it all comes back. Um, I'm going to give it over to Yaf, who... Had manners, and unlike Stephen, they tried to yank the mic from me. So yeah, here you go.
4: <laughs> These men are so funny, you know. I don't think you guys know how much what's going, on, comedy. Over what's going on over there. I've got videos that I will share with both of you afterwards. It's just hilarious. <laughs> like Stephen's getting up every five minutes to just like I think tidy up the house a little bit, and then see, like for twenty <laughs> seconds, and then just come back. I think he just needs to keep some circulation or something. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, um, Jeff, you said something that made me um, think. And you was talking about the fact that uh, when you was young, you used to have loads of Nike posters on your wall. And um, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, what is that? What is the version of that that kids have now, right? Like, what is that thing that kids really hold on to? That's a good question, man, Good question. And like, what is the thing that... Like, basically, how do kids... Uh, interact with their with these kind of like brands and their heroes now and it's obviously in a very different way so I kind of just wanted to get your perspective on like how things have changed in your opinion and then also like how someone in your role because we haven't spoke about what you're going to do yet but we will like how someone in your role can kind of like tap into how the world has changed and evolved so I was very curious just to get your perspective to be fair
2: yeah, I think I think it's it's interesting, kind of thinking about what that poster is nowadays. Because I think even when we did the the campaign for Giannis, um, we want we we printed out posters um, to to for for the event. I think we did in Greece. So, I mean, it, it's still I think that still exists to a certain point. But I think nowadays, it's I mean, it's it's all gone digital. I think it's just like it's less what you post, you know, on your, on your wall, but almost like who you follow on, on Instagram. I think that's, that's kind of like the way that we, that I think everyone interacts with brands nowadays is completely different. It's just how, it's just how we, it's just like what's on our feed. um, And what we post, you know, as, as much as it pains me, I always like I post up all my L's from my sneakers app every, every Saturday, you know, I screenshot that and, Try, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get someone's attention out there. You know, shout out to the speakers team. Uh, hook, hook it up. Um, so you know, I think I think it's just it's interesting because I think now you get to interact with the brand um, versus before. It was like you got a poster because you bought the shoes or you, you went to the Nike store or whatever, and you got to put that on your wall. And that was more a personal thing. Now it's a bit more of an expression thing that you can you could do, which is a, I think more interesting. Jeff,
5: I had a question for you. So. This day and age is just like, um, we're all just crammed and mad busy. And where do you find the time to be uh, creative? Because, like, when you speak, it's very thoughtful and very considered. Like, even as you're going through the concept of like, recess, like, I imagine that didn't happen over like a manic week where you didn't have time to think. And I feel like in this industry now, you have less and less time to think. And it's like, do you think that's in negatively or positively impacting creativity or do you think like creativity just moved on to almost like microwave levels where you just like pop it like a, like a Chicago, Chicago town pizza, you just <laughs> pop it in 30 seconds and there you go. <laughs> I think it's, it, it's,
2: yeah, it's, it's a tough, I think it's a tough question. I think for me, uh, if I really want to get a personal project off the ground, I just wake up really early to do it. Um, because it's, it's the only time that like before email starts popping off and you can you can just start like have. And I also think it's the clearest part of your day where you can really have time to sit and think. I, I hate devoting after work time to personal projects because you're just your mind is just taking a beating throughout the day and you come home and you expect to kind of lift yourself out, out of the rut. Um, and you just can't. You can't expect. You can't expect yourself to do that. So for me, it's always just like I'll wake up at like five in the morning, six, or like you know, maybe like seven, and get like a good two hours in before I have to like pop over. Six. So
3: that's that's that's,
2: um, that's what I try to do. Uh, and I think creativity in itself. It's. I think a lot of times we do like to think that it, it it's become this like, you know, I think that microwavable. Uh, level of creativity is an, is an interesting uh, way to think about it. And I think people like to think that these things don't take as much time. But oh, I think they days. take equally amount of time, if not more. I think, like, I was listening to this podcast uh, this, uh, well, the Washington Post was talking about, like, their TikTok guy. And he posts, like, two TikToks a day. And he talks about like how much time it actually takes him to do that because it's not just like people just think oh like a TikTok you just like put it on your phone and like it's like he like does it t- takes him all day to do t- two TikToks a day and he's like I really regret uh, like saying that I was going to do two a day <laughs> um, yeah but I I mean I think what happens now is is we really it's we need to hold on to the craft of creativity. We can't just let that oh, slide. That is, so good, yeah. that is so For,
3: good. Yeah. I agree, man. I agree, it's, agree. It's...
5: No, because no, it's just like, as, as you say, like it's just become very uh, formulaic in terms of, okay, cool. We have an insight process. We did it. It takes three weeks. Okay, cool. We'll give you a couple of days. Boom. Campaign. Boom. And then, like, sleep, eat, repeat. And it's like, maybe i just need to wander around and feed the ducks and maybe that's where the next big idea is going to come from or maybe you just need to let me clear my schedule for a week and come back no 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 agenda just vibes come back and you know what yeah. this is what my adventures um to what would you call it nine or where do you what do you call that place? no no What was that dutch place you mentioned earlier naimecha <laughs> yeah that place yeah, yeah yeah maybe I just need to wander there for for a bit you know grab a bagel sit down in the park and then you know the next big idea is going to come but I just feel like we don't make time for uh truly creativity and it's interesting that you said that a lot of the most favorite pieces of work come from outside of the company and that's kind of like some of the some of your favorite brands people don't even not even inside the company. And that's that's a mad, that's a mad, mad concept. I know you had the example, but that's a mad uh, concept. So I just feel like, how do we, if JT was bringing sexy back, how do we bring creativity back? That's my question.
4: I actually have a point on it. Sorry to scratch you a little bit. <laughs> it's getting vicious for this mic over here. <laughs> no, but I, I think um, on that point, you're starting to see more and more uh, brands companies, whatever, hire just like creatives in general based off of the work they do outside of the corporate world. Like I think side projects, because I think we're really the first generation to truly embrace side projects and like proudly as well because I think before, especially when I speak to some of the older generations at the company I currently work for, um, it's almost like they had something on the side but they weren't too proud to talk about it. It was kind of like should I be doing this? Should I not? Is this a conflict of interest? Um, so they were kind of doing their thing, but a bit more silently. Whereas I think now, like our generation and certainly the generation below us, they're doing their day job, but they're also really proudly, probably even more proudly, shouting about their own thing. And I think that that's that's an interesting tension point almost, because I think that especially the generation below us, let's call them Generation Z, are way more... They feel way more empowered to do their own thing, and they feel way more. Um, uh, I, I think I think they get more v- value from doing their own thing as opposed to representing a corporation. So I think in times in years ahead and times to come, we're going to see more people like embracing their own creativity and doing way more creative stuff than brands can do because brands are only going to attract a certain type of person creativity because they work in this really formulaic way that doesn't allow for true creativity so it's really interesting it wasn't a question it was just like a ramble of a point that was in my head but I think it's a really interesting uh, direction that the world's headed in and I think when it comes to creativity especially when you have a brief and you have a strategy behind it you always kind of limit creativity to an extent like you can never be truly creative to your fullest you know so I think the whole concept of like Commoditizing creativity, or at least certainly making money off creativity, always has a ceiling because you're kind of working to someone else's vision when you work for a company. And I know Stephen wants to grab the mic back. But then that's why
5: it actually probably makes sense that uh, companies go outside. Uh, you know, <laughs> come outside. Just want to talk in um, <laughs> it. makes more sense because it's like if you're if you're in the house the whole time, you're not gonna. You're not gonna see. You know how many times do you have a friend that comes over or someone that hasn't been to the yard for a while, and they'll spot something that you've walked by fifty million times and not even passed the second thought. Be like, oh, and you'll be like, oh, but because you're like so close to it, so maybe that's also why um, you need to take a step away. And it's um, yeah, it's an interesting discussion about what like creativity in the future. What uh, how does that? Look like, or what does that look like, or how do co- companies foster that that culture? I'm very curious about what that is. Maybe we just all do loans. You know, you just do loans at different companies. Like all of a sudden, I'm, uh, I'm doing it like a Morrison's ad, just for the just for banter, or just in bakeries or something. Simmons. Uh, no, I want the mic. You can't have the mic. Um, yeah, nah, um Pass it over.
1: <laughs>
5: Flummoxed. No,
1: I, I seriously want to make something about
5: creativity, and this out of home
1: podcast, and it's all about giving people flowers. Jeff, we just want to say shout out to you, and I don't want to ask you a question. So many times people have said to us, "Yo, the logo's so sick, it looks like a a barcode for an air, an airport. It's amazing." And we're like, "Yo, this is actually a destination." And Stephen coined the term. I'm not I'm not sure if you heard this, but our barcode, or oh, sorry, your your logo, your creation, Jeff, is actually what is it, Stephen? It's the Passport to progress. Uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> and for those in the back, sorry, the the might be muffled again, Stephen.
3: Passport to progress.
1: There we go. So, Jeff, <laughs> what was your like? What was your actual like creative thoughts behind um, the out of home logo? I just want to say thank you because if you had a penny for how how many times like we got um, love for that logo, you would be a very rich man in mind, body, and spirit, and also pocket. But yeah. Um. Oh man,
2: thanks, guys. I mean, it was it was just it was a a great honor to be asked to to help on on the visual side, uh, especially with with you guys starting this. And I think when you guys came, uh, when Kieran was talking to me about the concept of what you guys were doing, I was hundred percent into it because I mean, I, like, I kind of have the same experience, kind of coming out here and and um, allowing myself to be culture shocked. <laughs> so I was, I was excited to see what you guys. Um, we're gonna do, and and I mean, look at what look at what y'all have built. It's amazing. So, congrats on that. Um, mm-hmm. I think on on the visual end, I think as as we we're talking, we we're talking about you know the the name out of home um, and what that means, and it's it's. I mean, the idea of leaving home, and I just remember for myself it was a personal experience, you know. And I think that's why I attached myself so much to this project. Was like I remember packing up and and leaving home and. You know, leaving my parents at the airport and, and looking down, and it was the, you know, as you're, as you're walking with, with your luggage. Um, and when you arrived there, it was, you know, you have your luggage tag. It shows you where you're from and where you, when you are now. Uh, and I think that, that was such like a, it's such a, it, it's weird. I always find a lot of meaning in these very like, I don't industrial or very just like mundane things. Like I still have the ticket that I, 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 I took, um, to fly to Amsterdam, like on my wall here. Um, and it, and it just, and it just reminds me of like the, well, the journey, right. And like why I did this. And, and I think with the, um, with, with the, with the visuals, it was, it was trying to express that idea of like where, you know, the, what was it? The, the pass, the passport to progress.
1: Uh-huh. thank you. Look yes. at that. Look at that. Already, already, already. Stephen, it's 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 going viral. It's going viral all, all around Oakland and the Bay as we speak. <laughs> yeah, there it is.
2: Yeah. So I mean, it was, yeah, it was, and and also to be able to make it, I think when you guys um, when we started to work on it together, it was like, oh, like what if it was a, a QR code. And to be able yeah, to scan yeah. that and, and turn yeah, that into yeah, something yeah. actually functional was, was super cool and still fit with the within the design. Um so yeah, it kind of it was it was an easy one because it was a personal one. So right. so it was, it was good.
1: Kieran, i want to ask you something because you actually uh you you were the man in the middle per se. Like like how was it like to start this journey and uh, and and task uh, someone that you trust and like know the work of like because you, you must have been excited because like you know of the work Jeff can do and you excited for us to have a new yeah. logo. But how was it for you in the ideation phase, collaboration phase, and then and then and then to see the the logo um, come to life per se. So how was it for you because you were you were the the plug as the kids say.
3: I think that was the first thing that we worked on together, right, Jeff? I think so. Officially. So we worked on a few things, but obviously we worked together at work. And I've always clicked and vibed with Jeff. I just respected him as an art director and as a creative. And anything he put out, I'd be like, that's yo, I really fuck with this shit. So to have the opportunity to take what was in our mind and where we wanted to take things and just give him full control over what he was doing, I was always going to be like, yo, bro, I remember being like, Jay, whatever you're gonna do, bro, man's gonna love this. So, like, go crazy, man, go crazy. And um, I think um, it wasn't hard. It wasn't hard, Jay, was it? I think I was like, all right, cool. This is where we are. This is who we are. I think I sent over the um, the the not a brief, well, but yeah. like a write off of what out of home was, and maybe some imagery and stuff. And then um, and literally was like, bro, go crazy. Go do your thing. Yeah. And I check in every so often, I guess. Maybe like three or four. Yeah, rounds. and I think we did like two rounds. Yeah, two rounds. Yeah, real quick, man, real quick. And it was just like so there's a lot of synchronization with it. And I think from the out of home logo, we went on to do the free Loki mock-ups as well. And we also and he also helped um yeah. work on Chasing Shadows, the um the typeface. And the title. Yeah. So, like, we've worked together. Me and Jeff, we've got some... we hey, yeah. worked together, man. And I love working with Jeff.
4: Hopefully more to come as well, both.
3: He's an amazing creative man. Like, I just think the way that he, you... um, I feel like because we're, like... Even though you're from America, right? And from the Bay. We came up around similar times. And I think the way we look at the world is quite similar in a certain type of way even though you have a different perspective of it and I almost for me it's like if I could do it I'd probably do it like Jeff (laughs) so I like the way he brings things together do you know what I'm saying it's been amazing yeah I mean I think
2: I think that was it was kind of it was an easy process is why I think because we we click and I think it's important to find people um that that's you see eye to eye when it comes to collaborations I think it's really hard um to to kind of fit yourself into a mold, especially as a creative, especially when you're working on your personal project, it's like
3: yeah yeah,
2: and a lot of it comes down to trust, and I think that's that's the biggest thing for me when I work with anyone on on a, a, a personal project is like. Do I trust them, or do they trust me? Uh, and I think with with what we what we did was pretty much like you trusted me the whole way, and and you feel kind of more empowered by that when you're working on the project. It kind of feels like a bit of a feels like a bit of a superpower. You get you, like when somebody it just has your back 100. You know, you feel like you can do no wrong. You're just gonna stick your neck out that much more and 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 go that much further and risk a little bit more because you know, like well, it's it, you know it's it's not gonna go bad. So, so yeah.
4: Well, Jeff, speaking of going that much further, Aha. I love it. You put, you put basketball hoops on Mount Olympus. Yes. You've created extremely comfortable oversized hoodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> extremely comfortable. Um, What is next for you? What will you be going to do? And uh, if you, if you're, if you can share, like what are some of, who mm-hmm. are some of the people that you may potentially be working with?
2: Yeah, so uh, I am going to LA to work at Seventy Two and Sunny, uh, another ad agency. Yeah, um, and it was and it was a, an interesting opportunity, and, and it wasn't one that I was. Uh, it, it was it was one that kind of came through with like a friend, um, and we got That's some always the best. And, yeah, there you go, and <laughs> and especially the LA office is uh is in a pretty interesting place so they they kind of realized that they were in a really good position to do more uh in the vein of sports marketing because the the two biggest clients there is the nfl and activision um so they and activision kind of pivoting more into this kind of esports realm is is something that they're they're looking towards and it's Pretty exciting. I mean, I'm excited to get down there because it's it's going to be like a new experience, and I'm be stepping into uh, a creative director role, uh, and not just doing the. Wait, sorry,
1: sorry, sorry, sir. I couldn't hear you <laughs> what, what did you say exactly?
2: What, what, what role you be doing? I'll be. I'm going to be a creative director. Bam. Thank, <laughs> for that thank you, bro. Thank you. For that man. It's yeah it's uh yeah so I'll be I'll be the creative director on kind of the sports marketing side um
4: incredible man
2: yeah oh, so man. it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting thing I mean uh' we'll, we'll see we'll see what projects I get on when I get down get down there because I started in October and the Super Bowl is kind of right around the corner so do mm. not too much NFL work um but it's also gonna be an interesting thing because I mean living abroad like I haven't been in like as you know in, involved or have kept too in touch with like what's going on in NFL and I think that's a bit of it's going to be an interesting thing because I, I can kind of come with a bit more of like an outsider perspective mm. uh, and to kind of see it slightly differently uh, with a bit of fresher eyes and I think um, from talking to them what the NFL is trying to do um, and what they have done even in the recent, recent times uh, making it more inclusive uh, and making it more about the players rather than just the 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 league um is is a good thing um and that was something when i was when i was talking to them that's the direction that they're going and i was excited to be a part of that because i think the nfl needs that and also then on the activision end, it was more of um of the the call of duty franchise becoming like this big esports player Um, so that was that's exciting as well because i think like i mean i grew up playing call of duty uh, I, and and growing up watching the evolution of esports and and telling my mom that's what I should have done instead, you know, and like why, why did she stop me from playing Xbox all those years? You know, I could have been just rich playing video games. So I feel
4: like um, Literally. I feel like when you when you do advertising or marketing in America, you can always go that little bit more crazier because certainly in Europe, like we're a bit more conservative when it comes to like messaging being pushed towards us you know we have even from a data perspective we've got GDPR like America for me just seems as though it's this untapped utopia of advertising and marketing where you can just do crazy shit come up with the most insane ideas so how does that feel to you because obviously like Europe is amazing right and yeah you can really come up with great stuff. But I feel as though from a marketing standpoint, if you're, if you're an advertiser or a marketer working in America must be a whole lot of fun because you can just do crazy shit. So, so how are you feeling about that opportunity, man?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited because I also think it's, it's one of those, it's an interesting thing, like working in a mayor for the last, you know, six years. Um, I think the thing that's taught me is just to keep it really simple. Uh, because in a because you're working across so many different markets, sometimes you need one message that can that can speak to so many different people from different places. Uh, and yeah, like I think in the States, you're you're really, you get to be really focused and you get to just like speak with just one loudspeaker into just a bigger mass audience. Um, and especially I think culturally, like whether we like to admit it or not, a lot of other countries and cultures look to America for culture. Uh, so you're able to kind of tap that and, and use that as your supercharger to kind of work into any of the work. Uh, and that just becomes like way more culturally relevant worldwide, even if it's just, it becomes big in America. You know, like I think a, a good example is the, like the McDonald's Travis Scott meal. It, it was like, it's one of those things that it's like, you know, it, it was, it's an American thing, but like the world just, Ate it
0: up, for lack
3: of sorry for the, you know, the pun. Yeah, yeah, I, like I see you did that. I'm like trying to avoid all know.
2: of that at all costs.
3: It's just like
2: naturally comes out, but
0: yeah.
3: Love that one. I <laughs> Good
1: vibes at out of home podcast. Um, no man, Jeff. Honestly, I mean, are you man good? Are you man?
4: I just wanted to ask one more question.
1: Um, yeah.
4: So I have a little sister who's really into like uh, visual expression. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people listening to this podcast who are who are very much the same and want to tap into their creativity from a visual perspective. So I know it might sound like a really um, cliche kind of question, but what's your, like, if you're mentoring someone or you had someone who was uh the one of the kennedys or one of the interns at widen like what are the what are some of the the, the piece of pieces of advice that you give up and coming creatives who were trying to um possibly pursue a similar career path to yourself man
2: yeah um i think i've I, when i kind of speak to younger art directors or people that are still in school and are studying um to get into the field like one of the biggest things and i think it's it's a thing that that is lacking. And I kind of spoke about this is like the craft. Um, The craft is missing in a lot of the work nowadays. Um, And that, that goes as, especially as an art director um, is nowadays we get, we get so focused on the idea that, Oh, like this is on the internet. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be hot for like a day or two. So it, it, it doesn't matter how good or how polished it is. And I just, I don't, I don't believe in that. I think as artists, as artists, as creatives, you should put the best thing you possibly can out there. Um, And that just means the highest quality of work. Uh, And that's something that was really, um, well, I mean, yeah, like Wyden's really good at ingraining that into you. It's just like, can it be better? Uh, And the answer is always yes. Even even when it's shipped, it's like, that could have been better. And these are the things we didn't do to get it out there. Um, get it up to to that so my advice especially for for juniors or uh, people that are studying or still in school is like look at the look at the masters like find people find directors that are are amazing and just study their work dissect their work find designers find design studios that are incredible and really like dig deep into the archives and it could be anything like I, I find a lot of inspiration in like, um, well, in music, uh, like, you know, you look at like old album covers, like my favorite is a lot of the blue note covers um, like the jazz covers Mm. that are just done so simply because they didn't have the technology that we have today. Like they didn't have all the filters, like all the Photoshop filters that we have access to today. So there's just like, incredible it's just um and old-fashioned like i i get a lot of my inspiration also from like skate magazines back from the 90s and stuff like that um but so it's like stu- study those things and and what you i mean i i believe the creative process is a bit of like for lack of better words it's, it's just a lot of regurgitation <laughs> it's, it's, it's not not the sexiest word but it's it's what you, you it's like a lot of times when when you when you sit down and you start designing and you start thinking it's like what you have soaked in is it's what's going to come out. And if all you do, and especially for advertising students is like, if all you do is look at ads, your your stuff is going to be like a worse version of the ad that you're referencing. Um, so like, go look at, look at films that are not ads, like look at posters that are not ads, like look at designs that are not ads, go out to the museum, like look at that stuff. And, and what you'll come up with would be something that, no one's ever seen before in the industry because it's it's gonna be something that other people will have to reference because it's gonna be that good. So
3: Jeff, bro, man, honestly, thank you for stepping on here and talking to us today, man. Listening to you talks just mad refreshing. Obviously, like I ain't seen you for such a I long know, time because of this COVID nonsense and shit, but when you speak about what you're passionate about, you can really hear it in your voice and I'm super gassed for you to know that you're going off back home anyway to do what you love doing creating at the top level of the industry that we work in man so
2: like so like just wanted to say thank you my bro yeah I know thanks for having me
3: anytime man
2: anytime yeah I mean you guys always you guys always come with so much passion and just like when you guys when you hit me up to to be on the show is like 100% yes so thanks for having me thank you
1: so much and I just want to say this has been a feast there's been a lot of dope quotes a lot of like gems for youngsters and and, and seniors to like to, to eat up and you spoke about your first meal at Oriental City the Chinese tapas and also when you tapas when you came to Amsterdam you had discovered Bitter Ballin and now you're moving back to California to discover Big big Ballin Big Ballin you ruined the, this enemy of progress, fam. I was in my bag, fam. L- let me work, fam. Let me work. Let me work. But Jeff Lamb, honestly, thank you very much. And thank you very much for being, um, as ever, a, a, a consummate pro and um, d- d- dealing with our audio
3: issues. But it's been a great episode. Yeah, man. It's been awesome. So we're going to wrap it up. You Want to say something, Stephen?
5: No, I think um, Kwame was about to wrap it up. I didn't want to get back into his Oh, background. go
3: for it. Go for it. Go for it, <laughs> Kay. Go.
0: No, 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 no,
1: no, no. I'm, I'm done. I was just angry with Stephen because he's been, he's been, he's been, he's been, what do you call it? A naughty boy this evening. But, um, I'll deal with him. I'll deal with him.
3: Man, like man said a naughty boy. All right. You've been listening to the Out of podcast with your boys, Karen, Kwame, Stephen, and yeah. And the one and only, Jeff Lamb. Thank you, my brother.
4: Hey. hey, you lot. You lot and the boys are crazy. <laughs> hey, come
5: on.
2: Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues